0: the last one standing two hands in-
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us. This is episode 10 in our team by team analysis series.
0: It is the old GWS, the greater Western
1: Sydney, even. The old, the used to be great term. <laughs> so I'll. Uh, Can't l- wait for the Battle of the Bridge this season. <laughs> <laughs> the Battle of the Spoon. Um, look, thank you very much for joining us again and for all the love that people have been showing us. And we're going to start off with our socials today. We are SC Insider 100. We are. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Twitch. You forgot Podbean. Oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I literally saw that you wrote them all down.
1: I saw that you wrote them all down and I was
0: like, nah, I'm going to stitch him up here. Stitch up,
1: man. I was so close. <laughs>
0: what a stitch
1: up. Hey, I tried anyway. Um, yeah, let's GWS. This is going and to did be you YouTube down and YouTube, of course. Of course, uh, of course. Search you can for find Supercoach Coach
0: Insider on YouTube on the line. On the line. Ooh. Interesting. Uh, oh,
1: interesting. A quick little shout out to Brett Mollison as well. These are not the beers, I've been a little busy, but I will hit you up. These are today. I'm enjoying a furfy refreshing ale and there's nothing refreshing the about best, firfy, just so you know the best time to tell a furphy is when someone picks up um you know someone that's really bad in draft and you just go, oh great pick oh i was totally <laughs> totally gonna get them next keep going that way buddy keep going keep making I, all these crazy i love picks. the
0: old great pick i
1: know when <laughs> what a
0: solid pick it's so bad Good that choice. you just you applaud them. And, you, and you give them a, a light little golf clap as well yeah keep going <laughs> someone that's been injured in the preseason. <laughs> I love that. That's my favourite. My first year ah, of draft. Got him.
1: My first year of draft. I actually drafted Andrew Swallow, and he was out with an ACL. I had no idea. My first draft. So which was it? She spits. <laughs> I'm
0: glad that you knew where I was going with that. Well, which All one right. is it? Yes, <laughs> Austin Powers. Um, so I suppose we get started with the rookies at the old GWS. And- yeah, it's
1: it's going to be interesting this year because uh, what shaw has gone. Um, yep. Zach Williams gone to Carlton and, yeah, there's definitely a few things changing. Jeremy Cameron's left as well. Aiden Core left. Um,
0: and actually let's, let's start with who left because there is a proverbial shitload of players that have left this club, which Poor leads Finn. me to believe that they are going down, 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 down. They're like down, down, prices are down. That's what they're like. Come on, that was a Cole's joke. No, we don't And it was visual for those watching on YouTube.
1: We don't care about Cole's jokes here, Chris. All right. Um, interesting, though, is that uh, this, and see, this is why you can't have the buttons, Chris. <laughs>
0: I really want the butter. And buttons. thank
1: you to the uh, followers on YouTube uh, pointing that out. Um, anyway, interesting. And I think as well, side note, Finlayson, it's going to be hard for him this year because he can't hide behind Jeremy Cameron and people are going to realise how shit of a footballer he is.
0: He is a terrible footballer. But he's accurate gig a goal, which is why he's even remotely an
1: AFL player. Apparently, if he takes some um, time off, so some mental health leave, Fremantle will sign him up on a five-year deal. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a Hogan joke. <laughs> no, i was thinking McCarthy. Isn't it McCarthy? Um...
0: Oh, I mean, look, oh, there, there's been a few.
1: <laughs> McCarthy? <laughs> Isn't it both?
0: Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. Anyway. Um, now looking at who left. So Jai Caldwell obviously went to Essendon in the trade. Jeremy Cameron went to Geelong in the trade. Aidan Call went to North Melbourne in a trade. Jackson Haitley went to Adelaide in a trade. Sam Jacobs retired. Zach Langdon went to West Coast in a trade. East Shaw was delisted, Tom Sheridan retired, and Zach Williams went to Carlton in a trade. Talk about cleaning house, buddy. They just uh, (laughs) – what house exactly were they cleaning up if it wasn't
1: Lambert's? (laughs) Hey, Lambert keeps a really clean house, okay? There's plenty of places to hide. (laughs) (laughs)
0: There's so many places to hide. So much room for activities at Lambert's. Oh. (laughs) All right. He does a great beef stew. (laughs) So I've heard. Um, all right, well, let's get into the rookies there at GWS. There is a couple that actually will be relevant this season, so it's important to have a look at them. Um, and they picked up Tanner Bruin at pick 12. That's their first pick. Um, and look, huge wraps in this kid. He's an inside outside midfielder, really, really hard, hard at it inside, but it can also be really, really classy on the outside. Um, likened a little bit to Josh Kelly in the way that he plays his game. However, of course, Um, He was tipped to go as high as potentially number one, um, talent-wise, but because he obviously hasn't played in the last year, they were unable to really see what the sort of scope of his development could get to. So he might need a year or so of development due to his size because he's 183 uh, centimetres but only 74 kilos. So he may not be able to play this year depending on how he goes. Um, If he does, he's 156, uh, 157K mid. So definitely keep an eye on him because he's going to be super coach relevant. Again, one of those ones that I really, really hope that he doesn't play this year and we get to see him next year because he is an absolute jet. So keep an eye on him, Tanner Bruin, Bruin, B-R-U-H-N. I'd say Bruin. Bruin? Brawn. I don't know. Um, uh, The next one, Connor Stone was picked up at pick 15. So they had three picks inside the top 20, 12, 15, and 18. And Connor Stone was pick 15. He's an athletic medium sized forward, uh, mainly utilized out of the goal square. So he's 188 centimeters and 81 kegs and 144k forward in supercoach. So, um, kind of like, you know, if you had Dusty and uh, DeGoe, but exclusively out of the goal square, that's how he plays his football. On debut in the NAB League, kicked five goals as an underager. So, lots and lots of talent. Um, considered the best of his type in this draft year and has a huge ceiling, but it's really unknown again what he can produce because he didn't play again last year. Um, And because of that, and he obviously doesn't really have other strings to his bow in terms of midfielder ability or hasn't been able to demonstrate it, people tipped that he could have dropped as low as 25, but that GWS took him at 15. And what we're seeing with these picks from GWS is that all the guys they've picked are guys that they need development. So they're guys that they may not necessarily get game time this year but will be getting game time in the next couple of years and they sort of bought themselves a little bit of time with that because what they don't want to happen is they get a guy that's a top 10 pick who's amazing, who's you know ready to go first year but they can't play him because there's no list room to play them. So a lot of these guys are guys that they're going to try and develop and may not necessarily get game time. The next one, uh, pick 18 was Ryan Angwin, 184 centimetres, 72 kilo mid. And surprisingly, he's a 72 kilo mid. But he put on 10 kilos from 2019 to 2020. So he was actually 62 kilos. Hey, (laughs) Mark, the meatloaf. He definitely needs to get more meatloaf. Needs to beef up some. So in, in 12 months, so from 2019 to 2020, he went from 62 to 72 which is a huge, huge step for a guy his age. Um, likened very much to Xavier Dersma in the way that he plays his football, so very um, very good endurance on the outside, et cetera, but can play a little bit inside. He was tipped to fall a little bit later, but GWS obviously have targeted these guys with their high upside but need a little bit more development in them. Um, so I don't think – he, because of his side, I don't, I don't think he's going to – be playing this year afl football but we'll see how that goes but very very highly um ranked and the last one uh, so the last two i should say cameron fleeton 191 centimeter 80 kilo defender intercepting medium defender who can also play lockdown so at these picks they took sort of project picks that are going to complement their defense because they lost three defenders out of out of that line so they need to tr- get try and get some depth into there The last one's probably the one that's most important, and that's Jacob Weir. So he is a 117K defender, but he's a mature age recruit from the Sandful who played last year. He was a bit of a surprise pick, to be honest. Um, Very, very lightly framed, but has an extremely accurate left um, uh, peg, and he kicked at 74.8% last season in the Sandful, which is just super elite, and he had an SC average of 75 So. Um, definitely a guy that if he gets game time he'll be one that you want to have I can't see him starting round one unfortunately just because of their list but stranger things have happened if he had a really hot preseason smashes the, the games he could roll out and just go yep okay he's he, he's going to be on the off the bench in uh, in round one so keep an eye on him at very least he'll play this season and he will um, be a great downgrade target just not sure when that'll be sounds good. Uh, there's a couple of other rookies to keep an eye on. You've got one on your list. Um, the couple that I want to highlight, uh, Kieran Briggs, 123 K defender forward. I was big on him last year. Um, he is actually a ruckman, but just hasn't been able to develop at that spot. So now they've got obviously Pruce that's come into that spot. Uh, and they've also got Mumford. Um, so those two, obviously you would argue ahead of him. However, Briggs was picked up as an early first-round draft pick a few years ago as the number one ruck in that draft year. So they definitely want to develop him at some point as a ruckman and get him into that first team. I just don't know if it's going to be this season, but we'll see how that pans out. The good news is for super Supercoaches is because he's a 123K defender forward, you can throw him in anywhere and he'll score like a ruck if he gets major ruck minutes. So... Um, Just want to keep an eye on depending on how GWS go this year. And I've also got here Matt Buntine who should um, slot into that 22 to 25 style list. I think he's going to probably be depth early, but he was best 22 for a long, long time. Um, I think he's a former number five draft pick if I'm not mistaken. And he's actually come all the way down due to injury to 225K as a defender forward as well. So a little bit of flexibility there. So two guys that I think um, should be on people's watch lists if they get games.
1: Um, Yeah, did you have another one that you wanted to mention? I think it was… Callum M. Brown is the one for me, 123K defender. He's an Irish lad. He spent two years here learning the game. He's been a regular across halfback and trial games in 2020. So basically, you know, there wasn't – it was a different season last year. He's got pace and creativity to burn – and this could be the year where he unleashes if he gets a chance on the big stage. So at the moment uh, he's looking forward to taking his game to the next level in 2021 was actually close uh, debuting in stages in 2020. And basically he's the type of player who will add plenty of dash and run when he gets his chance. So he's with, you know, if you look at Zach Williams gone, yes, you do have, you know, coming and those kind of guys that could do it. However, they might actually go, right, we need a little bit more unpredictability. We need someone that can actually break lines with that agility and they might actually get him uh, – have, have a go. So we'll see. Yeah,
0: and, and we'll probably touch on coming a little bit later. I, just, um, I haven't seen him at AFL level do anything remotely good. So
1: Well, if he's not coming, he's going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just really want the ability to press the button. Yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, moving on to how, I've, uh, see, how I have see the best 22 GWS lineup. We'll, um, we'll start right at the back. Um, now, an article came out recently that Callan Ward has actually been tipped to take over Heath Shaw's role at back pocket. So I've gone with Ward in the back pocket along with Davis and Haynes, who was an absolute star last season uh, as an intercepting defender. Whitfield on the back flank, and we'll go through Whitfield when we get to the, um, the premium chats. Um, and then I've gone Sam Taylor along with Lockie Ash on the half back line. Across the midfield, I've got Perryman, Kelly, and Cumming. Uh, half forward line, I've got Taranto, Finlayson, and Toby Green um, with Dan, uh, Brett Daniels, uh, Jesse Hogan, and Himmelberg rounding out that forward mix. Um, I've got Proust starting in the midfield with Hopper and Canelio. And then off the bench, I've got Tom Green, Uh, Lloyd, DeBoer, and Reid rounding out that top 22. But they have a lot of depth. And if you have a look at this, they've got Adam Kennedy, who is a general starter um, as well. Injuries really held him back. They've got Lockie Keefe, who did a really, uh, really good job back into last year. Obviously, they've got Shane Mumford, Jacob Weir, as we just uh, announced earlier. Bunting, Riccardi, who was really, really good in a few games last year as well. I think he'll be competing with Himmelberg for that um, that forward spot. Uh, Bobby Hill and Xavier O'Halloran, who has a, had a couple of chances last year, but I think he'll have a few more this year.
1: So I, I think you actually underestimate Riccardi. I think he would be in instead of Reed, 100% for me. Ooh, I, I just I, think – Well, I, with Cameron, I, Jeremy Cameron gone, he was – strong enough in that forward line i can't see him missing
0: i just don't like a four tools forward setup and actually leon cameron came out and said really there's three forward spots and there's four guys vying for them and he's listed them all as hogan finlayson himmelberg and riccardi so out of those guys who misses hogan (laughs) i mean by round one he's probably not gonna be playing anyway let's be fair
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, just going off the last ten years of data. <laughs> yeah, just
0: just going off to recent history. Yeah,
1: that was an Essendon
0: joke. Um, oh, Jesus. What? That's the recent one. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, congratulations to Essendon fans. Six thousand days since you won a final. Well done. <laughs> Another milestone for Essendon.
1: Was it six thousand? I thought it was six
0: thousand oh, days. Jesus. Yeah. Since they won a final. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Don't bless oh, it's it? Delicious, isn't it? It's definitely not delicious either. Um, all right. So let's get into the premiums. That's how that's how I see them lining up. I mean, it could be a little uh, the the back end of that 22 is a little bit murky. Um, but we'll see how we go. Also that back line with all the changes, anything can happen with that back line. The only thing we know for sure is is that um, Ward has been told he's taking Shaw's role. Um And I do believe that Whitfield is going back to the back line as opposed to playing wing and half forward like he has for the last couple of years. Outside of that, Ash and Cumming, who knows? I think they're definitely in the 22. Um, Where they line up and and what their role is going to be is is unknown at this stage.
1: Yeah, that sounds fair. Uh, Let's start off with Josh Kelly. He is... He is someone that – The ex- only one that can get me as
0: excited oh, as Oh, this Rau. makes Percy
1: very excited. It really yep. does. Yeah, I'm excited. And I've been big on him for a while. He is someone who is a delight but also painfully frustrating at the same time. Oh, yeah. Now, in my opinion, they have the first buy and at the moment there's a lot of teams and a lot of players that have, what, the second and third buy. So I'm actually in favour of starting Josh Kelly. I think he's underpriced in standard – 615k, which also means he's underpriced in draft as well. Average 117.4 in 2019. Um, I honestly just think it's it's one of those years if he gets his body right, he could easily be a, a high end, top four, top two kind of player if everything works out well for him. Mm-hmm. And he is he's 25, so he's now coming into it. He's, he has had some issues as far as durability. Um, he averaged 114.8. Uh, I think he got knocked out by Mumford's knee in round 14 on a 74. True average of 117.7, had five scores of 120-plus, including a 138, 139, 195, and he has a low of 89. So he's extremely consistent with his scoring, which is great for draft because you know he's not going to go a sixty-one sixty. He had a low of 89. He barely goes under 80. Awesome for drafts. You'll be able to pick him up in the back end of a draft as well as far as the first round. Uh, you could easily get him from like pick 8 to pick 12, I reckon.
0: Oh, I, I completely agree with you. My only issue is his body. Outside yes. of that, I mean, four years, his lowest average is 113.8 yes. in four years. And the others are all very, very similar, 114.3, 114.6, and 117.4. The problem is over that time, He's also only – he's missed 35% of games. That's a huge chunk. So It's not like – means he's fresh. (laughs) That's not what it means at all. It means that he's a huge casualty risk. Um, I love Josh Kelly in every sense of the word and I don't like to bet against him because he just absolutely bangs out heaters but you kind of have to bet against him. It's 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 hard to say no to Josh Kelly because I do. He's actually one of the midfielders that is underpriced, but you're actually paying six fifteen k because you're taking on that injury risk. That's what you. That's what
1: you're getting. Well, from it. speaking of banging out heaters, uh, heaters now gone from the club, Chris. So he should be safe. <laughs> well, he's the super coach ambassador. Did you see that? No, I didn't.
0: Yeah, Heaters Shaw's taken over from Jonathan Brown. Well, there you go. Apparently I I heard a rumor that they're adding out in the full as an actual positive stat.
1: <laughs> in memory of Peter Shaw, classic. classic uh, so here's the silver lining: Josh Kelly he broke the club's two k time trial record in his first session back this year, 2021. So
0: he's going to miss more games because he's been working. His he's body. working hard. Yeah,
1: <laughs> apparently he's he's come back. He feels good. He feels fit. He he feels like he's got like the right combination sort of happening at the moment. What, what's For, the, what's the right call on Kelly? You, if it... you you start him right now, and here's the thing: you start him because. The it's same, only one trade out? It's one trade out. Now, if he starts off on fire and you're like, oh, I can't pick him because he gets injured, misses 35% of games. He comes out, averages 140 for the first month. Everyone's going, oh, I better get Josh Kelly. You don't trade him in because he no has – no way I'm
0: getting him in. Well, he has the same
1: all. injury risk that he's had. So yeah. you might as well start him and enjoy that point of difference. He's like 7% owned. Happy Similar days. how you play five. Yeah. last few years. Yeah. yeah, and that worked out 2 years ago. Uh
0: yeah, look, I think if you want him, you got to start him and if you don't, then don't start him. But I I get like I'd rather pay 35k extra and get Clayton Oliver that I know is going to play 22 games.
1: Correct. Now, I do agree with you on that. Now, when we look at it though, He's more favoured to standard than in draft. Draft is good if it slides in and just hoping that his body's right. If you'll pick 10 or 12 and he slides, you have to take that risk anyway. Go for someone who could be top four and you take that risk because that's where you're positioned, right? But standard, I think he's someone that you definitely can start. And my notes here, Chris, is why do I keep trusting this guy even though he has two first names? I (laughs) rip on every single person and yet somehow this guy I'm trusting every year that, well, to be fair, it's
0: your fault. Now, the other thing I really want to say is I think he's really super low owned at the moment.
1: So 7%. Looking, yeah. So let me just um, – You month. can look at the live stats. Let me move on to Lockie yeah. Whitfield. Interesting. So Lockie Whitfield, he's 561K defender, so he's not what forward this year. He averaged 104.5. He was actually knocked out on in round three on eight super coach, which is why everyone, including Paige, Got on super cheap and if you didn't start Whitfield in 2020, you pretty much were laughing because he got down to like 450k or something stupid. His true average is 110.6. So he had three 10 hundreds, five of those over 120, including a 131, 148, 167. Now, this is why I was leaning towards Whitfield over Laird is because he has more hurt factor in my opinion. And led, uh, sorry, uh, Whitfield. someone who who can just go on these massive heaters and has a big ceiling and he's someone that can hurt you. That was what I was writing before. Obviously, Whitfield had, was it kidney He, bruising. Got, a, he got a
0: knock and now he's got a, a bruised liver, liver is the official. Uh, I, I don't even know. How is that an injury? How do you bruise your liver? Like how hard does your rib cage need to be hit that your liver is bruised?
1: So we're still waiting on how long he'll be out. Uh, apparently we're waiting on word from Lambert at any time now. <laughs> well, he's got to get to his house first and then find out how, how long he'll be out.
0: Plus he could be hiding around. There's no way to tell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and apparently his ex girlfriend's still chasing up some information. So, oh. um, Anyway, well. so Whitfield, uh, true average of.
0: By the way, Josh Kelly, you're absolutely right. It's still 7%. So that's yeah. just oh. super low. Where's the delicious sign? We need delicious.
1: Um, anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get it later. Um, so he averaged 117 for the last 10 rounds, which is just absolutely crazy. He had a true average of 110. So he is definitely someone that I would be looking at. If he starts round one, I still think it's hard because you come back in, good preseason, and then all of a sudden you're out for a month and it really kills your momentum. Well,
0: they've said that he's only going to have two weeks off training. So I, huh. I I think he's definitely playing round one. I, I don't think this changes anything at all. Now the biggest thing that about Whitfield this year is with all the changes in the back line, last year, I'll, like don't get me wrong, Whitfield did take some kickouts when he was back there. However, it was mostly Shaw and Aiden Core. Those were the two guys and Nick Haynes was even taking some at some point. You move Lockie Whitfield back into that, that mix, he's going to be taking all of them. Can you see anyone else taking them?
1: Maybe Callan Ward and doubt it though.
0: Oh, I wouldn't trust. Him. I mean, it's at, like it's him or it's Ash as a second year player or it's, it's got to be Whitfield. coming, right? Like no. it has to be Whitfield. So, and with the changes to, to how it's all going, well, he's quick, and the way that he spreads from yeah, defense,
1: quick, agile, good decision maker. Why? I, why wouldn't you? I can't see him averaging
0: less than what he did last year, which means that at very least is a good pick for his price. And he could potentially be the number one midfielder. Again, it's body, Defender. body related is an issue for Whitfield. He's obviously – but it's always – with Whitfield, it's never like soft tissue or anything like that. It's always like he gets knocked out or it's he gets a huge leg knock or whatever and he's out for four weeks. I agree. I like think he's,
1: he's underpriced. Even when you look at his true average of 110, the year before, 2019, he averaged 111.3, played 84.4% time on ground, he, he's a beast. He
0: can run all day too. So these new interchange rules, he's probably going to spend four percent more time on ground if he's in the defence.
1: Not only that, if he can't play on, like if he can't move on the mark now, he'll just be he'll be loving and he's life. smart too. He'll he'll run behind the person with the ball, and his opponent will have to run in front of the contest, and he'll just he'll just rake it in. I really like. I like field. him. I, I do.
0: I, if he's playing around one, he's in my team. It's as simple as that.
1: Yeah, I, I'm inclined to believe you there. So. The next one is, and this is a funny one, Chris. Now, I actually went out the other day. So I know what it happened once down at Bronte happened again. Right. So I turned around and I was looking for someone and he tipped his hat like so. Was it Emilio? Tipped his hat like this. I swear to God, man. And the Mighty do, Duck himself. And who do you think that guy was? Emilio. Stephen Cornelio. Oh. I swear to God. I was like. <laughs> I was like, Emilio. I was yeah, like, was. Emilio. Yes. I was, yes. like, I was like, I was like, I needed this, I
0: needed this in our podcast. Camelio! Way too much. Yes. Well done, sir. Props. High five.
1: Wow. Tip of the hat
0: like this. I like you set that up way too good. And I'm just running with it. Like, yeah, this is so good. I love a good night at the roxbury
1: reference. This is why I get to do the sound effects, Chris.
0: Now, for those youngins at home that have never seen the movie Night at the Roxbury, do yourself a favor. I don't know where it's streaming. Might be able to go get it at your local blockbuster. Oh wait, that's not a
1: thing. No, anymore. I think it, it's. I think it could be on Foxtel or somewhere else. Maybe on on the Flix. It's definitely somewhere on the line. Find it. <laughs> so, anyway, so you think it's worth watching? Oh no! <laughs> yes. yes,
0: gets them every time. So good. Um, All
1: right. So back to Cornelio. (laughs) Did you just grab my ass? (laughs) You say it's okay if he did. (laughs) He said he's all the way in Michigan. How could he grab your ass? (laughs) Grab your ass. All right. uh, So Cornelio, he is underpriced. He is 528K. The, The The captain who got dropped and breaking all sorts of records, he admitted personally he had a down year, right? So 2020 was not favorable for him. Average 101.2 in 2019. Remember, he did get knocked out on zero that game. So, Or no, his knee, should I say, was on zero. Interesting. So we had two 90s, 900s though still this year, which is really interesting considering, you know, he did have quite an up and down season. He only had two 120s though, and one of those scores was a 141. Uh, it's interesting. Never played a full season. Yep. From, I think. I was literally about to bring that up. Yeah. So that's, that's the down part. And he. Two,
0: two seasons of 21, but I mean, since close. his debut year 12, 18, 14, 18, 21, 7, 21, 15, and 16. That's not good. That's actually worse than Josh Kelly.
1: And where his game really went downhill last year is before that. So he was averaging one goal a game from 2018 and 2019 when he was killing it. Averaged one goal a game, and in 2020 he averaged 0.3 goals per game.
0: He's got to play midfield, and I he wasn't even playing He
1: wasn't even playing as much midfield, yet no. he was scoring less. And it's no wonder he, he was, was playing
0: in a, out of a pocket at, t- at times. And I was
1: like, "Get him out of the pocket!" I was like, "Amelia!" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Sorry, he said. I was like, um, "Yeah." So I mean, like, uh, here's someone I'm watching. I am not. I'm not starting him in standard, though. Wow. It's, I, I can't You've see. You've done yourself today. I can't see why people are starting him in standard. I, I understand a talented player with upside. However, there's a lot of risk there, and for He's the me, same
0: price as Patrick Cripps. Yeah, he like, is. No way am I starting Pat, uh, Stephen Canelli. No, uh, I was draft. like No, that's what I was like.
1: Hang on, Chris. I'll do one for you. There you Thanks. go,
0: there you go, Chris. No, look, honestly, the, the problem with Canelo, first, other than his body, is that his role, like he needs to be playing as a primary midfielder. If he's not and he's playing in the forward line, he's not going to score you the points that, he, that you want him to score.
1: No, get him in that midfield because, you know. 60% of the time it works <laughs> every time. You know he'll kill it. Um, um, And who,
0: so let's say you've got one guy to pick in the midfield. Who are you playing, Toby Green or Stephen Canelio? Canelio. Every day of the week in my opinion. Because Toby Green is a ten times better forward than Canelio is. They need Green forward now more than ever. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's 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 a no brainer for me.
1: It's the Isaac Henry curse. Um yeah, Canelio for me it's a draft decision. Again, I would pick uh, I would see Patrick Cripps. He Patrick Cripps will be going in every single second round this year in draft. I, nah, Sam Walsh. No, no, I cannot see. Sam Walsh. Well, I might I, even go. Oh. Unless it's a really short like draft league, but any draft league of 10 or more, Patrick Cripps will be going in that second round. He, mm. he won't make it past pick 20, I don't think. Hmm. Yeah. Or like if he probably. did, you're getting him in that first like two picks in round three. It's, it's not, he's not lasting.
0: Yeah. No, he'll be somewhere top 25 okay. for sure.
1: Next one is Nick Haynes had an absolute blast of a start of, of 2020. He's 528K. So realistically, he is priced pretty well. Uh, averaged 98.4 in 2020. He averaged 87.4 the year before. This was really the key benefit from being an intercept defender. Absolutely.
0: Unfortunately, he still plays lockdown every now and then too, and it really frustrates the shit out of me. Um, I can't see him averaging more than 95, and so for that reason he's a big no for me. But obviously draft consideration. I just wouldn't take him at 98 personally.
1: No, me them. I, I agree with that. And also, again, I think those intercept points that came in play I actually think
0: it could be as low as 90.
1: Yeah. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. I still think he's he's talented, but you're looking at the inconsistencies. I mean, he averaged 110 the first 10 rounds. And I actually think that they might have even adjusted the scoring slightly in the 2020 season because you had like Jeremy Howe, Haynes, all these intercept guys were just absolutely racking it up so hard. And then I think they actually were like, ooh, like we actually, we need to tweak, t- tweak this a little bit. Just a tweak, a tweak. Um, and then after the well, average eighty two, well, the average eighty, it it, average eighty two the last seven rounds, right? So <laughs> how good's Euro Trip? Just <laughs> complete tangent, by the way. Euro Trip, dude, you meet up with your sister. Oh wow, what a, what a flashback! What a Um Yep. Yeah, so uh, look, Nick Haynes definitely that premium sort of type. Let's go Toby Green. He's considered a premium, realistically speaking. He did have a down year, 83.5. I consider him a fallen premium at 448K, averaged 93.9 the year before. I think in a full season, Toby Green has more opportunity to show his brilliance. Again, forwards got screwed last year. So I honestly think it wouldn't be too unrealistic for Toby Green to average 90 or more.
0: Yeah, but um, since 2017, he's played 16 games, 7 games, 16 games, 13 games.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm not going for standard. This is more of a draft-related. Um, 448K in draft, I think you could pick him close towards that 90 average mark once because there's value there. And- he's got
0: upside because what happens is Toby Green could like chug along averaging 85 to 90 and then... Josh Kelly gets injured like he does or Canelio gets injured. And then all of a sudden Toby Green, the midfielder, comes out and he's fucking banging out 130s every week because he can do that. So
1: yep, um, he's definitely definitely worth
0: a draft consideration, but I wouldn't be picking him in standard.
1: Uh, True average of 87 as well. So there's a little meat on the bones there. And, um, yeah, I I think if if everyone around him sort of fall in the way and forwards this year in draft fall away real quick. If you don't get a good forward early, you are literally going to be left with like mid-tier 80 forwards. This is true. Uh, okay. So that's pretty much on the – Taranto is uh, the one that, yeah, the one going, that I – Yeah. Are we going more of. like, what, fallen premium on t- Yeah, I guess well, it has to be. Well, a lot of people are starting Taranto. I'm seeing him in a lot of teams. He's, he's not mid-price, which means that if you pick Taranto at 453K in the midfield, you want him to be top 10.
0: Yeah, it's tough because I kind of like – uh, there's a lot of midfielders around his price that I'm like, you know what? I kind of want that as an M6 because I'm tr- I'm looking at ways to try and expand my midfield to have that extra premium. Yeah. But everyone that I look at has this inherent risk. So Tim Taranto, body issues, especially last year, obviously only played the 11 games. Role issues, like you know, if he's playing permanent midfield, he will average 110 plus. But there are better midfielders there and that's the problem um no
1: got- he also scores better in uh fantasy football than yeah of course Super yeah, coach, which his is terrible yeah so maybe he'll pull um a trelaw and start handling it instead but look the, the thing is for me is and I had a, a bit of a debate with well added to a conversation uh yesterday uh, I think Jared was talking to someone and you're looking at people like you know you're talking about Matt Rowell, and someone's like oh you can pick him up for what 495 K he's gonna make you 150k and then you can trade him I'm like <laughs> you're not Picking someone at 500K. I mean, I'd
0: love that to happen, no, but no. But,
1: but even still, if he makes 150K, he's at 650 and he's in the top four four uh, anyway. Yeah, exactly. So, so by
0: the time you made yeah. the money out of him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so then, even if he makes 100K, why are you trading him? Is a midfielder worth 550K? He's probably averaging 110.
1: Yeah. Like you wouldn't be trading yeah, him anyway. Or, yeah, 107. So yeah. Uh, for me, it's an interesting one. I'm interested in draft. I'm not so interested in standard and around um, his price point, you've got
0: guys like Cunnington who's having a great preseason. You've got Dion Prestia. You know, you've got – and then for 50K more you can – or 45K more you go up to Raoul. So it's an awkward price. I, I just – nah. It's 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 too risky and it could be one that's going to be really awkward to try and deal with during the season if he's not really hitting his straps.
1: For me, I'd rather spend similar money on a Heaney in the forward line. Yeah, or, that's a good
0: place to spend 450
1: k Or Zach Williams and spend yeah, that same money absolutely. on two players who could definitely be top, top ten six. or they, top six I in their the – Top six potential, yeah. yeah potential yeah, potential in their position and they have a much better scope to do so. And you're better off spending the money in the midfield if you want people you think will stay the whole season.
0: Hopefully. I mean, you know, traditionally we have the midfield rookies are the rookies that are the good rookies. Now, it might not be the case this season and we don't necessarily know that, but – Even during the season, the downgrade targets, generally, there's more coming from midfield or dual position that can get into the midfield. So you might be better to put that money into your different lines where there's shallower rookies. But we just don't know at this stage. It's a bit too early to tell with the rookie situation. So
1: Yeah, interesting. Um, okay, so I think Callum Ward, 409K, I wouldn't be picking him in standard. Again, it's probably more draft relevance on that. He, Absolutely. Uh, even if he is playing back pocket, I still think he uh, we're averaging 76 of uh, seven games. I still think there's little mids on the bone. You could get him quite late and put him as probably one of your last midfielders in a draft league. I wouldn't mind that.
0: That's true. And there's probably three – valid mid a uh, mid price selections here that we need to have a look at.
1: All right, let's start it.
0: Um, the first one's Tom green. Now I've picked him to be a starting best 22 player yeah. who should get play majority mid minutes, but he will play forward because he is obviously a tall midfielder that can pinch it forward. He is a jet and he's got a pedigree for super coach. Now, Is it going to be enough to go from, what, 72.7? He only played six games last season to be a a warranted selection. Again, you're looking for him to make 150K. So he's got to probably average you 90. That's an 18 points per game swing.
1: Oh, it's... It's a tough one. That's a lot. I, I quite like him, but again, I still think I it's do probably, like him as a jet. I, th- I think it's 12 months off, and I think by that point he'll be 450 and you won't pick him anyway.
0: No, I, I, I'm kind of leaning towards that. I, I think there's better mid-prices around at that price in midfield. Um, at that price, I'd probably prefer to pick Caldwell and grab him in the forward line. A 350K.
1: Well, not only that, he could average you 10 to 15 points less and still be a, a keeper, nearly.
0: Yeah, or or get someone that's 40K cheaper like a Heppel who's in the midfield but he's playing off the half-back line, probably going to average at 80, 85, but that's enough. That's all you need to make the money. So
1: Yeah, or save 13K and go a Dan hannabury Oh, no, can't
0: do it again. <laughs> Dan Hanabry is just like. Made a tissue paper, mate. There's no just way. Just having
1: one look at that crook-looking bastard, you could tell he didn't <laughs> play sport, couldn't you?
0: Absolutely. There's something wrong with Dan Hanabria. Eh? Like, he was at absolute SC unit for years, and then body just dropped off a cliff. So, anyway, um, moving on. The next one is obviously Isaac Cumming. Now, again, I've picked him to be in the best 22. I think he's got a permanent spot if he can maintain his form. Unfortunately... I think he is one that is on the bottom end of that 22. So if he has a couple of bad games, there's every chance that he just completely gets written out. Uh, but he's only 288K, so you've got a low risk factor. He played three games last year with a 67 average. Let's say he gets an ideal role playing off a halfback flank and rotating to the wing. What's his highest output, do you think?
1: Mm, coming
0: 90, 91. Oof, really?
1: Yeah, I think he, his highest, I think, could be ninety.
0: I'm I'm
1: thinking absolute like ceiling on him, eighty.
0: I just don't think for whatever reason he at AFL level level he just hasn't put it together. Like I, I don't I think I, the pace of the game or whatever it is.
1: I still can't forgive him for burning me years ago when, <laughs> when I he wanted. he a rookie? He had such a good, like first round did all right. Yeah, I was like, did. okay, I'm going early. And then he did not, after he played his second game, did not play again. And I was trying to get greedy by getting a player on field, getting that cash. And I was like, oh, surely he'll keep playing. No. Nah.
0: I'm just, yeah.
1: Look, I don't know. I still think, now this is I interesting. Think
0: he's he's going to be one that's going to let people down. I mean, he's low risk factor because of his price, but. Yeah, it's it's a hard one for me. I, I can't I can't get right behind the pick.
1: Whoa, let me down easy.
0: Whoa, I respect you.
1: Um, coming. So he was pick twenty. He was behind Williams and Heater Shaw in defence. I actually think he's not a bad option in twenty twenty one. He's someone you could easily pick up really late in draft on the bench. There's upside there if he if he shits the bed, move him on and pick someone else off the waiver wire. But I think he could do a lot worse if he gets in that role and does pretty well. If he's on that sort of um, halfback line with that rebound, I think he's definitely capable enough. It just depends on how he's actually approached this season. It's his fifth year in the AFL, so this is kind of the make or break time. I think they're going to give him that opportunity definitely to start and it's up to him if he holds it and actually holds true or they'll know at least by season end that he's someone else that might just kind of, you know, wither away.
0: Yeah, and look, all he's really got to know is the number one rule of GWS, which is um, kick it to Whitfield. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or handball back literally. to Whitfield. Where's
0: Whitfield? Let's find him. That's literally all they do. All they do is kick it to Whitfield. So we'll see how they go. Okay. Next one. Bruce. Brayden Pruce. The big Bruce my star. Now we've already chatted about Bruce a few times on different pods, but I think obviously we've been we've been saving our stuff. He's getting up to 30%, Chris. Yeah, a lot of people are looking at starting him, and people are very scared off by Max Gorn's seven hundred and fifty K price. And we'll probably go through a little bit there's yeah, what two pods to go until we get to Melbourne. There's a lot of stuff about Max Gorn when
1: you talk about. Yeah, I think it's Hawthorne then Melbourne. So uh yeah. So Braden Proust, look,
0: um obviously has proved as an ind- as a sole ruck on the field, he can score ridiculously well. And he also had a really, really good um, SC average last year in the VFL thing was around about that 120 mark. So people are expecting Braden Proust to come out as the number one ruck for GWS and average approximately 100. That's what people are expecting. Now, I think that if he is the number one ruck there, I think that's achievable. I'm just not sold that he's going to, because GWS is GWS, consistently be the number one ruck. My biggest issue with Pruce is that Mumford's still there. He played 10 games last year. And just Leon Cameron loves to throw Mumford in against the bigger bodied rucks. Now, the good news is Pruce is a bigger bodied ruck. So he should be able to stay in there and bang with these other guys, but last year and for the last two years, <laughs> yeah, you know what I said. Yeah, I, know I what said you what said. I said. All right. Um. Wow. So, I just I always look at Grundy as the example. Mumford is brought in specifically to match up against Grundy, and for the last two years, GWS have beaten Collingwood consistently because what they do is they just shut Grundy down at the ruck. They take out his influence completely and he almost tags Grundy as a ruckman. Now, are they going to be doing, you know, those jobs that Mumford specifically went in to do there for? Is that off the table with GWS? Are we officially saying that Bruce is the only person that's going to be rucking next year?
1: Well, you can't definitively say. I don't I honestly think Can it's, you say
0: anything definitive with GWS? <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs>
1: um, look, I'm just
0: uh, worried. I'm just really like it makes me anxious going into a game week with 24-hour turnaround, and Bruce is like, oh, sorry, I'm not playing this week because Mumford's stepping in.
1: That That is the risk, and that is even oh. the risk coming into the first round with, you know, 24-hour notice. It's stupid. Um, that is actually a really big factor. He might just get rested for one round. Uh, who knows? I mean, uh, it's an interesting one. Now the he's biggest never,
0: He's never played AFL consistently either. So it's no, like, but
1: he's had little glimpses. I mean, he had, he I does. think – you know, without Goldstein in one of his first years, I think he hit like a 75 as a solo. He had a 140 when Max Scorn was out one year. And then I think uh, 2020 he played, what, a couple games averaging 84.5.
0: Oh, there's some great stats for it behind him and for him. Like um, uh, in AFL, uh, he's hit out to advantage rate. Right? He's up there with the top rucks. And that's obviously a fantastic super coach stat in terms of ruckmen and how they score. So... Yeah, that's obviously really great. He tackles his his follow up efforts again, very very good. He's got a solid strong mark. He can't really play forward,
1: unfortunately. But I mean,
0: you know, not a well, not he every kicked, he can
1: kicked a couple goals for Melbourne. Anyway, <laughs> um, no. But look for me. I think I honestly don't see Mumford playing. I think they might throw him in if like occasionally to fresh him up, which is still a concern. But. In my opinion, Mumford was, he came back, he did his job last year. They didn't really have much in the ruck sort of way. I mean, Jacobs was there and Mumford played because Jacobs sucked. So if Bruce doesn't do well, then Mumford obviously is an option. Uh, I just think that Mumford, he hit that, you know, the the clause to get a a new contract and as if you're not going to take that up. Why come back, do all the training just to play one season? If you hit a trigger, you might as well play again.
0: It, look, it's a consideration. I just uh, there's just so many ifs about this. I, I just would love Leon Cameron to come out and actually say, "Hey, uh, yeah, no, Bruce is our number one ruck." They've also, as I mentioned, they've got Kieran Briggs, um, who they do want to get ruck time into. He was touted as the you know the best ruck of that draft and hasn't played as a ruck in the in the ones yet. So I want to see if, if yeah, potentially there it could be some. Role changes, or maybe they have that they, they could actually play Briggs and him and then try and alternate. I mean, that's that's because other than that, they they usually use either Himmelberg or Finlayson as a chop out, which doesn't work for them. Um,
1: yeah, there could be room for Briggs. The
0: other, the only other concern I'll say is that, um, when are you getting Gorn? So if you're going Grundy and Bruce, which is the most likely combination, some people are going Gorn and Bruce. But I think as the season progresses, people will want that extra 100k. Um, if you're going them, when are you getting gone? Because th- they have the last buy. So Collingwood and Melbourne have the last buy. That's round 14. So that means the earliest, like if you're planning to get them around the buys, the earliest you're going to be able to get gone is round 15. So you need Proust to play 13 rounds. And you know you'll probably have a Marshall backup, but then you've got to play a rookie on field.
1: I think that's why he's so highly owned—is the Marshall backup, and it gives you a little, you know, a little security for your little sleeping blanket to run that risky three hundred thousand ruck, and which could definitely pay off. It could average you a hundred. I know some people ballsy enough to say one ten, but when you look at his contest, he doesn't have the easiest run. So he plays uh, was it Marshall and Ryder straight off. Fremantle next, so not too bad there. Well, Sean
0: Darcy's injured, so that helps him a yeah, little bit. Yeah,
1: so good on the second one. Then he has Max Gorn, then he has Grundy. Sydney, not too bad there. Then he has English, who's improving. Then you're looking at Rob. Draper, who we should do well against. Then you have uh, – Draper's
0: that? a tank, bro. That would yeah, actually be a really good matchup.
1: That would be. They'd be smashing each other. Um, Soldo probably after that. Oh, no, he's injured, isn't it? So Nankervis maybe. Nank, the big name. The Nank, so interesting there. Then Nick Nats. Uh, the big O Goldie and that's all by around twi- oh, so what's that? That's not even one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So 12. basically
0: right up until the when you want to trade him. He plays all the best all the best rucks. All the best ruckmen. So there is a lot of reasons against Proust, but the one for it is he's, he's arguably cheap, cheap. Well, he's cheap, he's three hundred K, but he's arguably the best mid pricer of the year.
1: Could be so. I could see making 150k pretty easy.
0: Oh, I and think that's the appeal. It's like, and 450k is a lot of money. Like it, it, it allows you to get another potentially like an entire another premium, or you can spread that out, get more expensive rookies. Like there is a lot you can There's, do with 450k. It's 450.
1: Yeah, so much. Hey, like 450, you add that to was it Powell at a 150? Yeah. All of a sudden, you've got 600k.
0: You just got to like, like. You got to make sure that you do the right thing with that money. You don't waste it, um, and that you can make up the points that you're gonna lose from not having a Gorn, I who's looked, also a captain option, by the way.
1: I looked at it before, right, last night. So you could go Max Gorn, and is it Weir the the defender, one seventeen k. You can. That's the exact same price basically as um, going Proust and lead.
0: So let's estimate that. So, Prus and Lead. We can average you 55 to 65. And Gorn can average you 125 125 to 135. Yeah. So you're looking at what's that, 180 to 200? Yep. And what was the other combination you look at? Prus and Lead. Yeah. So, I mean, look, that's a lot of money. I mean, I I anticipate Lead to be averaging around 110 minimum.
1: Okay, so that's about 210 So you're and then if about you about so 30, you
0: need at least a ninety average from Proust to make it worth it.
1: Okay, so you probably get thirty points ahead, maybe on that twenty to thirty points. But well, what you're
0: not counting is that captain captain option. Yep. So how many more points do you get for having a captain option like Gorn? Yeah, I know. I never want to think about it. I know
1: it's that's the tough because part.
0: not having Gorn. Honestly, I I did it last year, and I every week was just watching Melbourne being like. Can you get injured? Can something happen to Gorn? Can someone ruck? Can someone defensively ruck against Gorn?
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: I don't get it, and it's so frustrating to watch. So enjoy your year if you're going to be doing
1: that. That's fair. Um, um, let's round out, though. Okay, a couple little draft sneakies here. I think uh, Hopper's an interesting one. Never played a full season either. Uh, he had 490s, 500s, and uh, four one ten pluses, so he's not too bad. Eighth in the two-game time trial, so he's someone who could fluctuate between that sort of 90 to 100 mark. Mm-hmm. Could, with Ward being, you know, in different roles, he could be one to sort of step into that that sort of spot. Now, this is an interesting one. Harry Perryman, he's only a midfielder this year, so it's changed. He had 16 games at an average of 94. A little bit of buyer beware on that one, okay? So he averaged, I think it was um 50, 57.8. Oh, so basically there was different uh, parts of the year. So he was really stagnant. He actually went up throughout the season. So it was like 50 for the first quarter, 57.8 for the second 75.6 for the third and then 94 to finish and he had his best return by 18 and a half super coach points. He actually had a really good year, right? Now, here's the interesting part though is he averaged 88.5 with Toronto and 103.2 without Toronto. Wow. So do not pick Perryman because I think he is overpriced. So he he'll look good, 94 average in your draft sides. He'll he'll be popping up but just uh, let that one slide through to the keeper. And um, I think there is some real good value here now. When you have a look at previous scores, so in 2019, compared to 2020, Himmelberg was a 76 average 66. Finlayson was 82 average 64, right? Phil Davis was 79.5. So in defense now he averaged 54. So there was a lot of players who had a really poor year. And I think that if GWS are going to improve, they're going to need – Which
0: they're not. They're going yeah, down, down, down.
1: So maybe you would – They're going down. Maybe you would make that link that, that those score, that negative trend is um, – that negative correlation is based on the fact that GWS aren't doing well anymore and that's why. Or you might be thinking, hey, Ford's didn't score so well. Maybe it was just a down year and there could be some value in draft. I'm not sure. I haven't really made up my mind, but I don't really get need ex- to see him. I don't get excited when I hear like or Berg, or Finlayson or Phil Davis nah. on my side in general. So
0: yeah. Um, the last one that we just want to briefly touch on is Lockie Ash. Um, as I said, I think he will definitely be playing. Uh, he's a 320k defender, so he's again sort of a little bit obviously a mid price, but. Just that little bit too much to want to take a risk on him, I think. He only averaged 59 last year out of the games that he
1: played. Priced out from standard point of view. Yeah. I think he'll get more games this year. He's right? an
0: absolute jet. And if he gets – like, I think he'll get the role. I just don't know if he can – like, he'd need to average 80, maybe more to make it worth your while. And how many of these guys are running in your team? I've seen teams that, like, basically fall mid-prices
1: and it worries the hell out of me. So my concern – and this will be the last thing I think before we wrap up, is if you have a whole team of mid-prices, they're, they're people you're going to have to go one down, one up at best, or some of them you're going to have to go double down and then up. Like, if, for instance, a Max Gorn, even if Proust goes up from 300 to 450, you're still going to have to go double downgrade to an upgrade. Most at, likely. Most likely to get that that trade. So the, you only have 30 trades. So have a look at your team. Look at how many positions you need to upgrade and then have a look at, you know. You're th- still th- going to have the
0: rookies as well that make the cash too. Yeah, like, correct. You've got to have two players that make cash to be able to upgrade.
1: It takes two to tango. It takes two, baby. No. no? Oh. It takes two to tango or something like that. I don't get it. Oh, it's like a. I'm sure it's Adam a Adam Sandler. It's like Billy oh. Madison.
0: Is I don't know. I'm just going to take your word for it.
1: <laughs> oh, Chris.
0: All right. All right. Well, that wraps us up. That does um, wrap us up. But you know, so it was a lengthy one because they have a lot of relevant players for our super coach, but I'm glad and, we got through it.
1: And a lot of changes as well. People want to know the changes. So look, next will be Hawthorne. And until next time, guys, please do keep showing us the love and keep tuning in for the next adventure. Cheers, guys. alrighty, righty. Bye.
0: Bye!